I know, we cut it off there, but um, man, that's such a good scene. There's one thing I would change in there. He says, instead of saying uh, there's good in this world, there's hope. There's hope in Jesus Christ. There's so many opportunities that we have turned back. And there's so many people, if you look to your left and you look to your right, there's an empty chair. For many of us, for some of us that are in a crowded row, there's no empty chair, but look across the aisle away from you. And there's people that have been in here and they've turned back. And they've gone back out and they've used. I just challenge you, don't turn back. Don't quit because it's difficult. Get that accountability partner. Get that sponsor that will come alongside you and continue to challenge you. Even when you don't like what they are saying, that you listen to them and you do what they ask you to do because they're trying to help you along this journey. And that's part of the recovery process because if we don't, Frodo's standing up there and the Nazgul, that's what those are called, the Nazgul comes down and eats them and gets them and we don't want that. We don't want our addiction to come back and get us. We've known too many people that we've let that happen to or that it has happened to. And so I challenge you, we hit the fourth step in our teaching and some of you have gone through a step study. Some of you have partly gone through a step study. Some of you have started the process, but you've turned back. I challenge you not to turn back, to continue the journey. And tonight we've got three many testimonies of people that have uh, gone down this road of doing the fourth step and some of their experience, strength, and hope in this journey. And so will you guys please welcome Bruce up as he begins to share his story with us. He's probably taller than I am, so. <laughs> I think he did that on purpose. Hey, CR, it's good to be here tonight. Um, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ in recovery for sexual addiction, and my name is Bruce. And it's not on the screen. Man, I was hoping one of these days I'd get on the screen. Well, yes. <laughs> ask and you shall receive. <laughs> well, Scott asked me to do a little mini money on step four and told me I had five minutes. I did about two and a half, so I enlarged the font and spread the lines out, and so maybe I got five minutes. So I'll, I'll share a little bit about my uh, experience going through the fourth step. So going through the fourth step, it got me to openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone that I could trust. It provided a gateway for me to recognize the root cause of my behavior, the need for affirmation, control, and most of all, tendency to avoid the difficult things. It revealed where I needed self-care. It's interesting, when I look at the first three steps, it's all about giving in, surrendering, letting go of control. But then you find four, the step four, which is the first action step. Now, I actually had to do something. The requirement to actually take a look at my past behaviors and be accountable, to come face to face with my emotions, to face my fears, my shame, and my guilt 
to recognize the trauma I caused my family, and to learn what empathy and compassion meant and how to be able to express them. To remember that getting through the four steps sometimes meant that I had to revisit steps one, two, and three. If I truly wanted sobriety, I had to be rigorously honest and do the uncomfortable things. It's like the saying, life is hard, choose your heart. I had to confess my ugliness to another human being. No hiding, no living a secret life anymore. I was faced with a double bind. If I shared the ugliness, I would become vulnerable and susceptible to guilt, shame, or ridicule. But on the other hand, if I avoided the share, avoided being honest, I was still living the lie and the secret life. I was fortunate enough to get a sponsor who had several years of recovery experience and could relate to my addictive behaviors. As I worked through the four-step my first time, around it helped that I had previously worked at a complete and thorough timeline of my past identifying the people, places, and things as part of my inventory. As I was able to list those things, both the bad and the good things, and share them with my sponsor. When I had made the list, I could see behavioral patterns, the things that I needed to work on to clean up my side of the street. During this recent step study that I completed, I was able to dig a bit deeper in my fourth step and take a look at a couple areas that I had avoided. Working through those issues and subsequently making amends gave me a bit more freedom in my walk. So taking inventory is a daily process for me now. Most of the time it may not be written, but I go through the same process as looking at my part and if my action or behavior was fitting for a successful recovery journey? Does it emulate Jesus and what he wants my life to look like? For me, my recovery journey started before I started my first step program, first 12-step program, but for those just starting the recovery, it's, most, it's the most important thing a person can do, having commitment to fearlessly search out those feelings that are stuffed away and to honestly share them with someone to enter into the state of vulnerability, recognizing God's grace is sufficient enough. Thanks for letting me share, guys. Probably a little shorter. Okay. Hello, my name is Deanna, and I'm a grateful believer in recovery for codependency. I came to celebrate recovery because of my husband's addiction. I wanted to figure out how to fix him and was looking for sympathy and support for myself. I was at the end of my rope trying to keep things under control so that my life would be stable and secure. What I didn't realize was that I was controlled by fear and had become manipulative, controlling, and depressed. I didn't know who I was anymore and I was angry at God, blaming him for my marital problems. In my codependency, I was very prideful. I saw myself as a victim, not responsible for the situations I found myself in, which made it hard for me to see my part. Doing the fourth step, writing out an inventory of how people had hurt me, and then following the process of working through it, helped me to see what my part was and to see that I always have choices. The first time I did this, I was definitely coming from a victim perspective. I looked for validation for my pain and wanted sympathy. 
I still had a long way to go to becoming humble. My marriage ended after 23 years, and I felt like a failure. God was working on me, though, getting me to put my trust in him, not my marriage, and building me up as his daughter. Even though divorce is horrible, I needed this time alone for God to rebuild me and break a lot of my fears that had kept me in bondage. Five years after my husband and I split up, we were reconciled and remarried. This was a miracle, something I had hoped for but not believed could happen. During the step study I just completed, I was hesitant to start my inventory. I had worked to forgive and move on, and I was afraid that digging up memories and feeling those negative emotions would make me bitter and resentful again. Job 7.11 says, let me express my anguish. Let me be free to speak out of the bitterness of my soul. I was already struggling with having a critical spirit, and I was afraid it would make things worse. In reality, the opposite happened. Psalm 139, 23 to 24 was really important to me. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test my thoughts. Point out anything you find in me that makes you sad and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Using the inventory worksheet helped me get to the place where I could see my part. I had to list the person, the specific event that caused my pain, identify my feelings and the resulting damage. Following the process helps me to see the patterns in my life that are a result of my character defects. Pride was a big one. Lamentations 340 says, let us examine our ways and test them. Let us turn back to the Lord. I had to be honest about my motives and recognize the ways I tried to control and manipulate others. Many times I felt hurt by someone and it triggered my fear of abandonment and rejection. I processed this through to see that most of the time I was being self-focused, looking to people for acceptance and approval instead of God. The more I came to rely on God, the more I was at peace with who I was instead of what others thought of me. Because of this change, I am better able to truly forgive and let go of my hurts rather than just bury them in denial. I'm able to accept and love others where they are, extending the grace God has given to me. When I start to get sucked into my old response of feeling judgmental or like a victim, I have tools to work through my feelings and admit my, my responsibility to change the things I can and accept the things I can't. I've worked to let go and let God so that I can move through my day without trying so hard to control everything. My faith in God to manage things without my help has allowed me to experience the peace that only he can give. Thanks for letting me share. Hello, my name is George. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery for drugs and alcohol. Hey, everyone. Tonight, I'm going to share a little bit about my experience doing my four-step inventory and the outcome afterwards. I can tell you doing my four-step inventory was the second best thing I'd ever done during my recovery. First was surrendering my life to Jesus Christ. Here. Like for many others, doing my inventory was the most stressful and anxious moment of my recovery. 
I knew bringing up old past traumas and sinful activities was going to open old wounds that I never wanted to remember again. So in preparation of doing my inventory, I had major anxiety and multiple moments of wanting to throw in the towel. How could I ever share the things I've done and what was done to me to another human being? I told myself I would take those traumas to the grave. But most importantly, I had to build trust with my sponsor that started making things a little easier to write down without shame. Having that trust was very important to me, and I'm blessed to have a sponsor in my life. Not only does a 12-step provide a structured outline to follow in life, it also allows you to build amazing relationships with like-minded people. Once I started to categorize my life events and traumas, uh, based off the big book, page 69, everything started to pour out on the page, even tears. Things started to make sense. I was able to see patterns in my behaviors and where it all branched off from. It took me almost two months to finish it, a lot of unsettled emotions, but multiple stopping and praying, I was able to get through it. Finally, the day was set to meet my sponsor. I was so nervous and had anxiety off the roof. I had no clue on what to expect. Was I going to get looked at weird? Was he going to be shocked? Or even worse, was he going to kick me out of his house? My mind was going 100 miles per hour of what ifs. So one life event at a time I was sharing, and after each one, I looked at him like, what's going to happen? And nothing. He kept saying, go on. I was getting calmer and calmer after each one. Even after those events I was going to take to the grave, I got nothing. My luggage was out there, and he didn't bat an eye. I've never felt so free in my life. They say God takes all those burdens away when you lean on him for comfort. Praise be to the God and the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of comfort, 2 Corinthians 1. God did not disappoint. It was done. The major events of my past were released. My sponsor then dove in deeper and went over the patterns in which I noticed during the writing down process. Finally, a way to make new life corrections. So if you have not done the four step yet, I highly recommend it. If you're taking your sobriety serious, then it's a must. No way around it. I've done the sobriety without, without it, hanging on by a thread, and it lasted about five years. But I still had those events in my life that had me stuck in the past and had me stuck in the same bad decision making. I have so much more clarity now, and it's due to opening up my life with another human being and doing a little digging in to how George really ticks. Thank you guys for letting me share my four step with you guys. Thank you guys for sharing. I asked them all last week and they all about panicked. It was like total silence when I asked them. It was great. Some of them took all weekend to say, really? Me? Yes, you. Um, here's the thing. We all have a story. And when we hit our recovery process, uh, we hit the fourth step. And you have a choice. You have a choice. And I hope that you choose to uh, keep moving forward, keep doing the hard work, keep striving to find that healing in your life. Because it's important. It's important for you. It's important for your family. And believe it or not, you're worth it. And your family's worth it. And so I encourage you to do that hard work 
And uh, don't give up, don't turn back, and um, all that kind of stuff. If you are, I have one announcement before we move on to the end of our time. Is there a Christina D here? Christina D? You lost your credit card last week and I got it. So just letting you know, you're not Christina. Um, but <laughs> exactly, this is an honest program, I thought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we just, we did use it for your, the tri-tip tonight, but I mean, it's, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We did not, we didn't do such a thing. But hey, uh, our focus question for tonight is this. Let's put the focus question up on the board. Survey says, almost there. There it is. What people, places, or things do you resent and what led you to those resentments? How did your behavior contribute to your resentment? I know this is a loaded question. Don't vomit all over the place for nine hours. Three to five minutes, guys. Three to five minutes. Keep it focused on your own thoughts and feelings, right? So I encourage you with that. But what a great question. And some of you have already done that. Don't share all of them, but maybe pick one or two that, you, that are impactful for you right now. But let's stand up. Let's close our time with the serenity prayer, and then we'll head off to group. But before we read it, let's hear one more time for our mini testimony. Where's Bruce? I, get, I lost Bruce. There he is. Oh, man. Thank you guys so much. But let's close with our, our prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever the next. Amen, amen. First time guests, I... Uh,